B-Pod Studios. Sci-fi. Whoa. Anime. Whoa. Video games. Whoa. Comic books. Whoa. If you've been made fun of for it, we're probably going to talk about it. This is Nerd Radio. Excellent. Welcome, everyone, to this week's Nerd Radio. Wherever you get your podcast is part of the B-Pod Studios Network and all over your social media at Nerd Radio 101. My name is Chuck Bean. I'm joined, as usual, on my couch across the Internet by my co-host, James. Hey, what's going on? And Mr. Al Beck. Hey. I don't know what that was. We were, <laughs> <laughs> we were saying before we started that this is going to be kind of a sleepier Nerd Radio because we're all ready for a nap. So, uh, but we do have plenty of things to get to as far as nerd stuff is going. Plenty of things have happened in the world of uh, wrestling and video games and whatnot. And uh, that's what we're here to talk about. So let's get started, guys. I'm going to start with the thing I'm most excited about. Yesterday, we found out that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 is getting a remake and it's coming out this fall. Yeah, I heard about that. Like bringing the graphics up to speed, like what all are they doing in terms of uh, of the remake? Like what what are they remaking about it? Well, there's a trailer for it. We've actually got an article over on WRAF.com. Um, when the trailer starts, I thought because the original Tony Hawk had just video of the skaters, like actual filmed video of the skaters, and I thought that was what we were watching. But after about I don't know, like ten seconds or something, I realized, oh no, wait, this is gameplay. Like, that's how sharp the video is. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah, they've absolutely updated the graphics from the old PS1 days. So mm-hmm. it looks uh, significantly better. Uh, they've redesigned some of the skaters. I guess all the skaters from the original Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater uh, were kind of recaptured digitally. So they would have a an updated look to them. All the levels are designed exactly the same, but are updated graphically. Okay. Which is fascinating to see because it's kind of like when you play grand theft auto and you get a real feel for how the city is laid out yeah because you played for so long it's the same thing with tony hawk you play the same level over and over again you get a real feel for how the school is laid out or how the yeah. the airport is laid out so that's another that. part that makes it a remake rather than just like here's a new tony hawk game right now are they remaking each title individually or are they releasing it as like a one and two reboot in one package they're putting them together in one package, and that's one of the changes to the game that's kind of interesting, is instead of having to switch between the first and the second game, all the levels are in the game, and you will unlock them uh, progressively as you play. So you'll start with the levels from Tony Hawk 1, and then if you guys remember when you played Tony Hawk way back in the day, you would uh, collect videotapes, depending on mm, if you yeah. you know spelled out skate, or if you got so many points, or if you made a good jump. And those videotapes would unlock each level progressively. So they're going to kind of put all of it together in one package, which okay. would be really interesting. There's online multiplayer, which is neat. There's a skate park designer, which I think was from the very the second game. And the soundtrack is relicensed. So it's a lot of the songs, but maybe not all of them, but a lot of the songs you remember hearing. That was going to be my next question. Game. Yeah, because the, the playlist on that game was almost as famous as the game itself. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. And the, the trailer has the uh, Dead Kennedy's police truck 
uh, song in there. So obviously that's going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they list in the in the trailer that uh, Primus is going to be in there. Rage Against the Machine, Goldfinger, Superman obviously will be in there. Uh, they didn't list the Suicide Machines, which one of my favorite songs is New Girl from Suicide Machines from the first one. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping that one made the cut. It'd be weird if it didn't. I don't really see why those guys wouldn't want the song on there unless it's some sort of label issue. Yeah, that's always the interesting thing when it comes to music licensing, especially when you're doing a remake and you're trying to get songs that you had before. Or, you know, when you look at like the rock band or the Guitar Hero games and the bands would license certain songs, but not other ones. And you're like, why wouldn't you license that one? That's the popular one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be. It was announced yesterday, which I guess was Tony Hawk's birthday. Okay, that makes sense. And it's uh, supposed to be coming out this September. And if you pre-order the game, you get a uh, a demo version of the first level of the first Tony Hawk game to, to fool around with. The demo version of that level hasn't been released yet, but that is going to be a pre-order bonus. So There's going to be a lot of people uh, chasing nostalgia with this thing or some kids really confused about skating to classic rock. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're banking on the nostalgia. Yeah, I think they're yeah, I think I they're banking on the nostalgia. <laughs> it's just funny to me to think that that playlist is uh, pretty much qualified for classic rock now. But you know what's interesting though, like so back in the day when I was playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater, like Black Sabbath and all that stuff is classics, and I was getting an education on some of those bands, whether it be different video games or movies at that time. Mm-hmm. So it probably wouldn't be that much different, you know, for yeah, those kids, true. even though. It is funny to take a look at it and say, oh, wow, that's classic rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also saw on Twitter that there is going to be a collector's edition because that's how video games work. There's always, you know, the, hey, you can spend the $60 on the game or you can spend $160 For on the gold crazy. edition. Yeah. Right. The collector's edition comes with an actual skateboard deck that has nothing to do with the game other than like, hey, this is a Tony Hawk skateboard deck signed by Tony Hawk. Huh. No, well, it's, if it's is it actually signed or is it one of those signs where they're just print out a deck that's got his autograph on it? I think it's a printed autograph oh, okay. on the deck. I don't think he's actually signed it. But it is funny that like I'll play a ton of Tony Hawk, but I know we talked about it before. We know that we're not good at skateboarding, so like giving me a skateboard deck does nothing for me. Right, it's just gonna murder me one day. You put it up on your shelf, you hang it up like a picture, like a piece of art, if there's a cool enough graphics on it. Some of those skateboard decks are pretty sweet. Like, I've thought about, I don't know if it's, it was a Kat Von D that did it in her tattoo shop or something, but I know in the past I've seen somebody that would collect the skateboard decks. They didn't skate, but they would hang them up like artwork on the wall. And you just see like a wall of just skateboard decks, all the different graphics and stuff. Some of the artwork that's on there is phenomenal. At least, uh, Oh, yeah. To my taste, I have a different taste to like crazy new school, like bright colors, crazy character artwork. And a lot of skateboard decks reflect that. It's always funny to me, too, when people will have like a guitar hanging up on the wall because it's a piece of art. Like they really like the design or they got something printed on the guitar. Like, hey, I want to play that. No, no, no. You can't touch that thing. That's 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 worth a lot of money because it's got a specific print on it. Yeah. Well, that would be my only reason to buy a guitar is because it looks sweet. It's got a cool artwork or it looks like it's some sort of like bat from hell you know guitar to hang up on a wall just to admire and look at from a distance because i don't know jack about playing the instrument unless it's a a rock band or guitar hero guitar yeah 
I mean, I do have an autographed Slayer base that I don't play, but I have. (laughs) (laughs) Because I couldn't resist. Would you play it? If you you had to, if you like, like if you, let's say, uh, times were tight and you had to sell off bases, you would keep that one, I'm assuming, until the very end. And then would you play that one? Uh, that one is more of a I think maybe the fact that it's autographed does change the dynamic a little bit but like the fact that it's a Tom Araya signature series base I wouldn't hang that on the wall because of that um, necessarily but the fact that it's autographed I don't know that I would play it like as a regular like all right, time to play base let's pull it out you know I think like once every four to five years I play it for like three minutes and then set it back down just because because it's not under glass, right. <laughs> it's not. Pro- it's not. Pro- it's not right. protected from me. Yeah, it's like I've got a handful of autographed comics, and they still just count as like the issue of the comic. So I'll still read it, but I'll just you know I'll I'll open or I'll I'll pull it out and I'll look at the cover and be like, oh yeah, I got so and so to sign that one, and then yeah. I'll read the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the other big piece of gaming news we found out in this last seven days was the uh, Xbox, the Xbox X, I believe. Yeah, Series X. They had what they called an Xbox 2020 last week where mm-hmm. they revealed a whole bunch of uh, the games that are coming out for the Xbox Series X. Did you either of you guys check this out? I actually I did. I did check it out. We had to talk about it uh, on Checkpoint XP. Uh, we talk about it quite extensively. Yeah. And speaking of yeah. Checkpoint and the Xbox 2020 thing, uh, there's a link on the website about that, which I did share on the social media earlier this week. So Nerd Radio 101, you can find that link pretty easy. But sorry, continue, James. Um, and I've I kind of lost where I was going, but yeah, we've talked oh, about sorry. it. I've seen some of the games. No, it's okay. But continue, Chuck. I don't know where you're going with this conversation, so I'll chime in with I have something that fits. Well, I was just going to say that I've got that uh, that article up uh, from WRF.com because it has all the different trailers, the announcement trailers for all the different games, and it's always interesting when a new system comes out and they have to show you what the first year or so of games are going to be because that's you, know, you always look through these games and you're like, okay, which one is going to get me to buy the system? Mm-hmm. And I have to say. I've, I'm more of a PlayStation guy than Xbox guy the last couple of years, but there's not anything, at least in these opening trailers, that makes me go, okay, I got to get an Xbox because of this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's some games that I think look cool that I would play, like The Ascent, I think looks cool. And uh, what was the other one? The Dinosaur is the second extinction or something. The one where instead of surviving zombies, you're trying to survive dinosaur attacks. Yeah, second extinction. Yeah, second extinction, I think looks cool. Um, but there's one trailer in there that I feel like was kind of inappropriate for what it was. Um, it's I swear to God, it's a, like a weird alien robo wang. You see it get <laughs> you see it get erect. So you got you watching some weird alien robo boner, and then it cuts to another scene with some other weird alien stuff, almost like some out of a tool music video, and then it cuts back to this weird alien robo boner that's already fully erect, and it either releases the seed or urinates yeah scorns what the game what the hell oh my god yeah I'm, I'm not even joking yeah i was like what the hell did i just was that an alien robo erection that just finaled so long story short james is getting the new neck the new xbox <laughs> yeah. no, I, as, as much as it, it was appealing to me i don't know that that's gonna be enough of a reason to go buy the xbox one x or whatever it's going to be called yeah um well, you know, since almost all the games that they're talking about are going to be available to play on the current the Xbox One still. Yeah, I feel like they said. 
it's a thing that's probably going to be an ev- eventual buy for the two of you guys. Because I know, like, Chuck, you like having all of the systems if you can, you know. And uh, James, right. I th- James, you have both PlayStation and Xbox, but you're more of an Xbox guy, right? Like, you, that's kind of where you yeah, gravitate absolutely. toward. Yeah. Like, this is not on my radar at all because I've only been a PlayStation guy, and I barely even play that. So, like, when the 5 comes out, I'll get to it eventually, but I'm not going to get it in the first year. The first year always sucks anyway. There's always bugs, you know, to work out. So it's like maybe I'll get the five at second or third year. But, yeah, this is certainly not on my radar at all because I've never owned an Xbox and I maybe never will. I don't know. That was a whole lot of words for I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) You know, James had my interest with the alien donger. (laughs) Dude, it looks like an alien dong. I'm not even joking. See, they they know what their target audience is, and they're yeah. like, you know what they want? Alien boners. Right. I remember when the 360 came out, the game that sold me on it was uh, Dead Rising. It was the zombie game in the mall. Mm. Oh, dude, I remember that game. That actually sold. Okay, so back in the day, I wasn't I wasn't gaming. I was like, I'm going to be a filmmaker. I'm going to college. Like, I'm going to do this career in radio and then translate into film or something. And uh, so I wasn't playing games, but the guy who ended up being my roommate and one of my closest friends uh, later in life was like, you got to check out this Dead Rising game. It looks so great. He's like, if I could ever get a copy of that game, I would buy that system. And it's funny that you say that because I ended up working at a radio station where we gave away copies of it. We happened to have an extra one. So I gave him the copy and then he had to go buy a system. And then he's the one that got me back into like Halo and Halo 3 or whatever on that Xbox. And it brought me right back into video games. So there's a weird gaming origin story. With mm, that. Yeah. Chuck? There you go. Al Beck loves an origin story. I do. It's the comic book nerd in me, even though I'm not even reading any comics these days. <laughs> it's still in there, though. I uh, like an origin story. It's a comic yeah, substitution. Remember, yeah, right. Exactly. I remember I picked up a uh, I picked up an Xbox 360 used from a, one of our local record stores because I wanted to play that Dead Rising game. And I got it. And it was before I had kind of a bigger screen, you know, flat screen TV. I was still working on like a smaller picture tube TV. Mm -hmm. And I was so upset because the text that would run across the screen when you would get a a mission or something like that was so tiny that you had to have a larger TV in order to read it. Oh, yeah. It was probably very blurry. I had the same issue when I first got my Xbox 360 connected to the tube TV. Yeah. Like you can't see anything. Like I'd be playing online multiplayer with somebody like you got we have an enemy coming you know from the north and i'm like i'm looking straight north i don't see oh he he killed me yeah and then like i hooked up to a normal tv with a little more resolution bam i was like oh now i can see why yeah. he was able to see all that stuff and i couldn't yeah same thing yeah, with the ps3 that, for me it was that original like those those older call of duty problems where you would see the kill cam after you got killed and a dude would fire through smoke and you're like i can't see me how did he know i was there yeah yeah exactly you're like oh man oh i guess your uh, TV graphics matter. It'll be interesting going forward. I know that there's a Vampire the Masquerade sequel that's going to be on there that I'm kind of interested in. But once again, nothing on there that I'm like, okay, I absolutely got to have one for these. There's no, you know, killer app for yeah. it in the same way that when I played Mario Kart for the Switch, I was like, all right, I got to get one of these. Yeah. Well, you started off as a PlayStation guy, right, Chuck? And then you kind of switched over to Xbox and now you've shifted back yeah i mean you know we had having the original playstation and the playstation 2 and all that stuff when the original xbox came out halo was obviously really impressive and really neat but i don't remember what game it was for the original xbox that kind of made me have to have one Hmm. 
it might have been Halo 2. Just playing that with some friends and going, this is really cool, but I'm bad at it, so I need practice. Yeah. Uh, another bit of gaming news I wanted to get to before we move on is that uh, last week, the Detroit Lions, I don't know if you guys saw this, we typically don't cover sports, but the Detroit Lions revealed their football play season, their schedule, mm-hmm. using Animal Crossing. I did not realize that part of it. Yeah, I've got the video up and I'm sharing my screen. So let me play it a little bit real quick so you guys can see what happened here. It's really kind of impressive because they used a lot of the in-game stuff like you see in the video here. You've got Tom Nook, the original character that's kind of the main character of Animal Crossing, announcing that they're thrilled to finally announce the Lions play schedule. And then as the video goes on, you get to see the villager running around the island and doing different things that represent what team they're playing on whatever given week. Like you've got week one, the guy's wearing a lion shirt and he, uh, he picks up a giant teddy bear to signify they will be playing the Chicago bears in week one. Gotcha. Picks up a teddy bear and then buries in a hole, which I think is kind of trash talking. I think they're implying Absolutely. they're going to bury 100%. the Chicago bears. 100%. They're using animal crossing to throw shade at all of the opponents that we play. Uh, in the schedule. And then, you know, week two is a guy wearing a Green Bay Packers shirt and two Lions players just like whacking him with nets. Which I could see that actually happening in real life in Detroit if you're wearing a Green Bay jersey around Ford Field. Yeah, Not nets, sure. though. Not nets. It'd be crowbars and bats. But it's really fascinating that somebody in, you know, the Detroit Lions franchise was such a fan of Animal Crossing or, you know, realized what a phenomenon that it is right now that they're like, you know what we're going to do this year? We're going to do an Animal Crossing video. Well, I think what it really is, is somebody on the Detroit Lions organization has a lot of time on their hands working from home. (laughs) Yeah, probably. They got nothing but time over there in the Lions organization. I will say that I've been very curious about this Animal Crossing because so many people like you can't buy a switch right now because of that stupid game, right? And so yeah, like, I'm much. like, I'm like, man, am I really missing out on this? And I got to tell you, I mean, just from that video, it doesn't look like I am. <laughs> <laughs> Does that look like something you'd be interested no, it in? Really? Uh, it didn't. It didn't make me feel like I need to continue switch hunting. Yeah, I feel like Animal Crossing is like the ultimate time waster. Like it's the ultimate time wasting game. Uh, you know, the whole the whole game, the whole point of the game or the object of the game is to build cool things. And in order to build these cool things, you have to earn money by doing things around your island. You know, it's almost like real life, but in the digital form, mm-hmm. paying your mortgage off. You got to pay for your house. And then I think you can buy a couple different houses or get a couple different mortgages or so on and so forth. And then people are watching the uh, the turnip market to see how much turnips are, yeah. are being bought and sold for to try to strike it rich like the stock market. Yeah, I think it's just it's, it's a good time for it to, you know, because it's pretty new, right? I mean, it only came out like a couple of uh, months. It's been ago. out about a little over a month. So it came out yeah. just like. Just after we were all stuck inside. Right. Yeah. So like James said, it's the ultimate time waster, which is exactly what people are looking for right now. You know, mm-hmm. which I yeah, get. Whereas, whereas Realm Royale is cool because it's like Fortnite without the building. This is almost in the exact opposite. This is Fortnite without the shooting. It's just. Gotcha. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. It's like Fortnite had sweet passion and love with SimCity. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, there's been a bunch of stories. I actually put this uh, put this story together on WRF.com over the weekend. There's been a bunch of stuff about Animal Crossing over the last month. Like a couple of weeks ago, uh, somebody put on 
Twitter that uh, their turnip prices were real high and they got a DM from Elijah Wood. Yeah, that's cool. He was like, hey, can I come over to your island? Uh, and then last week, I also saw that uh, one of the politicians, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I believe I'm saying that right. Um, she put up on her Twitter, he's like, hey, I just want to visit people's islands and, you know, doodle a note on their bulletin board and say hi. It's become celebrity crossing instead of animal like, crossing. Even Danny Trejo has been playing the game. I think there's a video oh, of Danny really? Trejo <laughs> playing it. Yeah, Machete is farting around in uh, Animal Crossing. If uh, John Cena starts playing, are you going to drop a thousand dollars on a <laughs> on a? Don't uh, tempt me! Don't tempt me now. <laughs> if this is an opportunity for John Cena to come visit my island. I'm going to pay whatever price it costs. That would be an amazing, welcome amazing to Homo Erotic Island. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> James! If James gets an Animal Crossing island, I might join just to check it out. I know. That's what I was going to say. I can't wait. So by the end of the year, James is going to have a switch. He's going to have Animal Crossing and he's going to have the most inappropriate island possible. No shirts allowed, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got a big Man's sign. Yeah, there's a big dock. I don't know. How do you get to the islands? Like through a boat or something? Yeah, you take like a, a seaplane from one island to another. Okay. Yeah. So there'd be a dock where the seaplane flies in and it would say, no shirts allowed, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just the guys. Yeah. Yeah, you well, can make your own graphics. You can put a sign up that says "No shirts allowed." I've seen a lot of people doing with the uh, the clothes editor, making these like bikinis or bondage gear that you can. Oh, like, really? Yeah, you can put your character in this dress that goes from like your neck down to your knees, so you can draw anything you want on that dress. So people are just drawing like you know a naked body. That's funny. It's like on my huge wang. I just I'm just like in a giant wiener costume. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's the uh, it's absolutely the kind of thing. There's multiple levels in the game of, uh, you know, warnings for young children. It's like, hey, if you're going online, make sure an adult is monitoring it because we can't trust other adults to not do bad things with this game. True. And <laughs> if there's time involved, I will say, though, that's seems irresponsible on some level, because if there's one thing I didn't do as a child when I was told to get an adult, it was to get an adult. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is that for sure. I mean, I guess my adult says it's okay to play this game. Yeah, it's, it feels like it's just a kind of a, a covering your ass kind of thing. I, yeah. I almost prefer it as opposed to like in Pokemon, how they won't let you name your character like Dick Nugget or something. Oh, come on! That's my favorite name for a Pokemon. I feel like yeah. it, was that a failed attempt there, Chuck? Like you really you went right for that name? Did you have a <laughs> Dick Nugget failed character name? I was trying to think of the thing I could say without having to have DMX come in. And that oh. was the first thing that popped to mind. No, I did not name my Caterpie Dick Nugget or attempt to. <laughs> he was trying to name it. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. That, that DMX might have to jump in for. I'm not sure. <laughs> what? A cat, uh, a cat rips ass sometimes. Chuck, yeah. it happens. <laughs> You're a cat man. You you're around. You're probably swimming what? sometimes. <laughs> I, I I have two cats at home. I rarely ever hear, much less see them fart. Oh well, I guess you're fortunate then. <laughs> They're not gassy. All right. Well, we're gonna take a short break. I got some comic book news to get to, and then uh, of course this week in wrestling had quite a bit to talk about, and we'll get to that as well. Nerd Radio is coming back. Pause that game. We're back with more Nerd Radio. Honestly, I hate working here. They are so weird. 
Welcome back to Nerd Radio on the podcast page at WRAF.com. Also hosted in Boston. Give it to him, Albeck. Rock929rocks.com. That's right. And uh, when we're not all quarantined at home, we are in the Checkpoint XP studios on uh, Wednesday mornings. Man, I'm so used to just waking up in the morning and loading up a, a digital thing. When we can finally go back to Checkpoint XP Studios, I'll be like, oh, man, I got to go somewhere. You got to <laughs> yeah. brush your teeth. You got to put on pants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to yeah. put your hair hair back in your hair headband. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really hoping it'll by that time it'll be long enough that I can tie it back because I've had to find some creative ways to keep it out of my face. Mm. But when we are in the Checkpoint XP studios on the Wednesday mornings, where can people find that, James? You can find us over on twitch.tv slash Checkpoint XP. Absolutely. So this weekend was Mother's Day. A belated happy Mother's Day to all our listeners who are mothers mm-hmm. or who have mo- or who are who are mother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you had to work up the courage to say that nasty word. He was debating I, on the I, amount I, of work I, he has to put into to call up DMX again. That's a hundred percent what was happening. Yep. <laughs> do I really want to do this again? I do that sometimes. There's there are times where I do the math in my head where I'm like, if I swear right now, that gives Chuck extra work to do. Like, is it worth it? Like, is it actually gonna be funny? Right. Is it worth pulling in the DMX drop? Right. And when, you, week- and when you decide it's not, you say things like Dick Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> Is it worth pulling out the DMX? I like how that sounds. Yeah. Like that's the name. That's the name for his privates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pull out my big old DMX. Yeah. DMX. Like, what? All over you. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, it's everywhere. well over the weekend the uh the twitter account for the boys wanted to make sure that we were celebrating mother's day in the most appropriate way possible al i know i know you know where this is headed (sighs) james have you have you checked out the boys yet not no okay so the character in the boys which is essentially the superman analog the homelander Mm -hmm. has a very inappropriate Appropriate relationship with their media handler, which is played by Elizabeth Shue, who you may remember from Back to the Future. Oh, from Back um, to the Future when they put her in uh, the sequel and the third one because the first girl was no longer available, or possibly right. Elizabeth Shue from Adventures in Babysitting, or maybe even right. Elizabeth Shue <laughs> and The Saint. Oh, wow. I had no idea that you were such a big Elizabeth Shue fan. But she is a very attractive woman, and I've had a crush on her since kind of childhood. I always dreamed of her being my babysitter and being able to find her in a Playboy magazine and going well, on an adventure. This might, this might be a bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen the boys yet, but uh, once again, she plays kind of their media handler, and uh, she also is breastfeeding a newborn child at that point. And the, there's a scene where the Homelander actually looks uses his X-ray vision to look through the wall to watch her uh, breastfeed because he has a bit of a uh, a boob fetish. Hmm. Interesting. So you you see those big old knockers? Uh, yeah, to some degree, you you absolutely do. And there there is some uh, some scenes where once he figures out that he's got kind of this fetish about her, that she uses it to her advantage to get him to do things that she wants her to do or that oh. she wants. Him to do. But now are we uh, talking they, full areola view? Are we seeing the full no, areola I don't and think the nipple? We just full frontal chest view. view. Oh, okay. No, I don't think it's a full frontal chest view, but. Uh, wah, wah. They did post on their uh, social media a kind of supercut of uh, the mommy issues that the Homelander has. 
uh, over the over the weekend to say one thing super ma- soups aren't immune to is mommy issues. Gods. Well, that sounds highly erotic. <laughs> it's pretty hot if you're into that kind of thing. Like Elizabeth Shue. So it's something you may want to check out. James is already there. <laughs> He's already adding it to his watch list. It's right. on my phone right now. <laughs> James is very distracted. Um, a listener, one of my buddies, uh, Dave Lucina, actually recommended to me is a podcast that started last month that Marvel is doing along with Stitcher that is based on the uh, Kurt Busick and Alex Ross book, Marvels. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with this book, Al. Uh, no. It was it was based around the origins of the Marvel Universe, so like stuff that happened back in the '60s, like uh, the the graphic that you see on your screen, the Fantastic Four fighting Galactus, mm-hmm. or the first time the mutants show up in public, or when Captain America is thought out of the ice and the Avengers are put together. But the book is told through the eyes of a photographer for the Daily Bugle, um, so you do get some J. Jonah Jameson in there and uh, Ben Urich. Uh, the the writer yeah, from the, yeah, yeah. Their- yeah the podcast is interesting because much like the boys or preacher it takes the marvels book and kind of reshuffles the events so that you can like the first two episodes are during the first time galactus tries to eat earth oh okay and one of the interesting things is among the cast and crew is method man what what yeah, he's playing Ben Urich, the reporter, in this particular podcast, uh, this dramatic retelling, essentially, of the the Marvel's book. I listened to the first couple of uh, episodes. They're about an hour each, and uh, they're really fun. Yeah. It's, there's a bunch of special effects put in there. Uh, it's interesting to try to, for them to try and paint the theater of the mind and, and more, you know, use special effects to tell you what's going on instead of actually using people telling you in monologue what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like old-time radio shows. Yeah, very much so. And because it's set in the six, in back in the 60s, it, it feels like there's every episode starts with the AM radio uh, firing up and, and, and the hum and then switching between these different news stories of, like, once again, Captain America uh, reemerging after mm-hmm. being fought in the ice in World War II and all this other stuff that's going on. Hmm. Always oh, weird to do a podcast about a podcast. Right. It was absolutely worth a listen. It was a great recommendation. So I thank him for it. And uh, definitely something. I th- I think you would really get a kick out of it, Al. Uh, you know, especially because I do enjoy an old time radio show, which I'm sure does not surprise anybody. <laughs> not even the slightest. Not at all. I feel like not we have all. like all the, the past The Shadow episodes on yeah. some sort of a yeah. Digital device you listen to to go to sleep Who with. Who knows night. what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow yeah. knows. <laughs> yeah, I like the shadow. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, <laughs> no, it's not. I don't have a spot today. so disingenuous. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. God. That Good one's stuff. 97 years old. <laughs> Yeah, Chuck Mc, <laughs> Chuck McMahon over here doing his best Vince McMahon impersonation. Yeah. That's such good shit. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, DMX again. <laughs> All right. Well, moving forward, the uh, DC Universe app reports that they've seen a thirty-five percent increase between February and April of uh, people reading comics on that app, and said that the two comics that have been the most read. Mm-hmm. have been the first issues of Batman White Knight 
Okay. And the Batman Who Laughs miniseries. Okay. Obviously, they're seeing an uptick because comic stores aren't open and comic book nerds really need their fix. Yeah. Uh, even if comics that are, you know, three to six months late or three to six months in the past. Yeah. But it's interesting that uh, the comics that people have been tuning into are that Batman White Knight series, which we've talked about on the show before, that alternate reality series yeah. where the Joker goes sane. Sean Murphy, right? Yeah. yeah. That was really good. He- that that it was is- really good. The Batman Who Laughs, that's the spinoff from the Dark Knight's Metal event, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a miniseries where the Batman Who Laughs is, is still on the main DC uh, Earth and is trying to, uh, you know, still do evil things. Yeah, right. The, which bas- the main Batman and everybody has to deal with them. Yeah. Which basically that character, if I remember correctly, there's like basically multiverse versions of Batman. And he's like the Joker Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the one that gets that gets intoxicated by the the Joker's uh, poison and turns into a a evil Joker version of yeah. the Batman. Yeah, I don't remember being very interested in uh, Dark Knight's Metal, and I didn't hear a lot of people uh, sing praises about it. But I, the the uh, with the Batman who laughs or whatever, like people were did find him interesting. Do they call the Batman who laughs Laugh Man? <laughs> Laugh Man. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody should, for sure. James just did. I coined it. Yeah. I coined it first. It was one of those things where the concept of all the different multiversal Batmans that were evil, like the Batman who's also an Aquaman or the Batman who's also a Superman, mm-hmm. was interesting. But I don't Is, remember it going. Are these stories where the uh, those Funko Pops came out with, like, the combination is like a Batman Joker and like a Joker Batman? I thought they were just yeah. bored and they needed, like, a new mix of toys to put out. But it sounds like it's based on some sort of a line of uh, stories. Yeah, it was a story where there was a whole bunch of uh, different universes where, you know, most of them were surrounded around Batman going evil. And they are actually supposed to do a sequel to Dark Knight's Metal. Okay. Which is is interesting because, I mean, they must have, somebody must have enjoyed it. Obviously, people bought it because they liked the, the concept of all these evil Batman and they wanted the first appearances of that. But at the same time. I'm sure they must have seen some success as far as the uh, the story goes. Yeah. It's the kind of thing, once again, we've talked about either being somebody who's very invested in the comic book story. It's always scary to me, the DC Universe and the Marvel Unlimited app, that uh, people people might go to those as right. opposed to coming into the comic book store. Yeah. And uh, Comixology has their own service as well. Yeah. Interesting to see that. Because it feels like there's two types of comic book nerds. There's absolutely the nerds that are like, no, I want my physical comic yeah. book. But if they don't have the option for a physical comic book, it seems like at least some of them have decided to cave and try out, you know, something yeah. like DC Universe Marvel Unlimited. I do think as the consumer goes, the uh, the death of the tangible comic book will be a little bit slower than some of the other, you know, things like hard copies of movies or something like that. Because I think the comic book fan does like the tangible issue but at what point does the decision be become removed from our hands at what point does dc say you know what we charge the same amount of money to print this thing that we do just putting it on the internet we're going to stop printing if you want to read the new batman you got to go online you know and to me that's the thing that always really bummed me out like i'm sure it really doesn't cost that much money per issue to print it, you know, in ink and paper. But it always kind of like, I always looked at that, like it's the same price. Like you, 
like why why is it the same price? I feel like the online version should have been a little bit cheaper or something, you know, but you know, they're just leading towards that day when they no longer make the they make this the decision to no longer print and just say, You want it, here's how you get it. Yeah, for sure. There wasn't a, and, I think uh, it was last year, uh, Major League Baseball said that like all their tickets were going digital. Like you had to have their app in order to in, get into a ballpark, you know? I mean, obviously it's not really Oh wow. I don't think that's an issue right now at the moment, but I, I think, think anybody getting into a ballpark right now. Unless yeah. you talk about getting into a ballpark, Frank. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, so don't quote me on it. I guess, which is a funny thing to say on a like a podcast <laughs> thing that we're going to send out there. But, uh, but yeah. the easy E line. Don't quote me, bitch. I ain't said. It's exactly what I was going to say. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, and if they didn't pull the trigger on that, I know they were leaning towards it, where it's like you got to get our app, and that's how you have your tickets. Yeah, it's always weird to see uh, how technology changes stuff. I mean, we're even looking at that with the movie industry right yeah. now. I know that this Friday uh, they're digitally releasing the Scooby animated movie that they were looking forward to putting in the theaters. Yeah, I you think we're that one out, Al. That's the Scooby Doo <laughs> origin story for you. Sweet. <laughs> I think we'll see. I think it'll be accelerated too with the, uh, you know, with the coronavirus outbreak and everything because we're trying to limit physical contact of any kind right now. Obviously, they're even recommending like if you have something like an Apple Pay to try and use that, so it's contactless payment or whatever the case. You know what I mean? So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens and how this whole thing influences the future. You said physical contact, and I couldn't help myself. I just oh. reaching towards the camera. Yeah, I was I was trying to figure out was it was it a bit where you wiping away dust, or were you like trying to give me a sign? Would you shut the hell up? No, I miss being able to physically contact you. <laughs> yeah. Stay away, six feet. Well, while we're talking about comic books, uh, this weekend sees the release of a uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. It's one of those uh, DC animated movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it'll be released uh, mostly digital, but it is the final DC animated movie in the uh, the line. They're going to be moving towards a, a different continuity, I guess. They're not going to stop making DC animated movies, obviously. Sure. But all the ones they've made for the last couple of years have all been in the same continuity. Oh, so, uh, okay. You're going to be doing something different moving forward. But something that had popped up last week when uh, a preview of this came up is there is, because it's Justice League Dark, they have John Constantine in there, who's a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in there where uh, John, along with some of the superheroes, goes to a place where some of the supervillains are and uh, says something to Raven from Teen Titans about, oh, no, it's my ex. And she looks and King Shark, the guy who is a giant shark, is standing next to Harley Quinn. And she immediately assumes he's talking about Harley Quinn. And he's like, no, I'm not that crazy. I'm talking about King Shark. <laughs> oh. so it's in the comics constantine is kind of a a uh, pansexual character like he's had uh relationships with demons he's had relationships with men and he has had relationships with women mm. uh they always end badly because that's part of the character sure that's uh typically if you are connected to john constantine you are going to come to a bad end you are going to be a sacrificial lamb when he is in trouble it worries me because you're such a big fan of his uh, chuck that worries me <laughs> It's an interesting part of the character. <laughs> uh, don't meet a don't meet a horrible end. But this is the first implication we've got that he's ever actually slept with a giant shark mutant. <laughs> well, I like how they put it in the article and when they say he made it with 
Like you can't just say he banged. You gotta be so <laughs> see. He made it with the interspecies creature. Well, it makes me feel right, comfortable. Well, it's written like it was uh, 1942. That's how they would say it back then, I think. <laughs> well, the interspecies creature is male, so it is kind of a homosexual uh, encounter. So it leads to the like, who's the catcher and who's the receiver conversation Uh-oh. that is going on on Twitter for the last uh, week or so. Everyone seems pretty in the camp of John Constantine was absolutely the receiver. <laughs> uh, good to know. The The other thing I want to bring up about this Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, though, it's got a pretty stellar voice cast looking at the titles for it. Matt Ryan, who was Constantine in the uh, live action television mm-hmm. show, returns to do the voice. Uh, Jerry O'Connell is the voice of Superman. Okay. Jerry O'Connell. Oh. <laughs> Uh, you've got Tony Todd as the voice of Darkseid. He was a uh, Candyman. Okay. Rosario Dawson is the voice of uh, Wonder Woman. All right. Uh, Rebecca Romaine is uh, Lois Lane. And Rain Wilson is playing Lex Luthor in this from The Office. That's cool. I can see him. Yeah, I can see him pulling that, that voice off. Dwight from The Office as Lex Luthor. A real smug, smart-ass Lex Luthor. Yeah, I yeah like I've, never, I've never really enjoyed much of this uh, the, this DC animated stuff. I wasn't a big fan of their reinterpretation of uh, the Killing Joke or the Dark Knight Returns, but I'm I'm kind of interested with that voice cast. I'm kind of interested to see what this is like. Yeah, yeah, a lot of big names. This came across my news feed too, and I was curious because I know we're we're all kind of big Kevin Smith fans. If you guys had, had seen this, have you any of you guys watched Jane Silent Bob Strike Back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been a long time, but yes, I've seen it. Okay, you remember that Carrie Fisher is in that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kevin Smith tweeted out a couple of days ago, Carrie Fisher agreed to be in that movie for no money. Really? When they asked her how much, because they were, you know, obviously they were very concerned getting Princess Leia in there. Like, yeah, we want Carrie Fisher, but I don't know if we can afford her. She said, you know what? I just want you guys to buy a pair of antique chairs that are in the shape of beavers, and I will be in your movie. What? That's that's that was the tweet. She said she wanted them to buy her a pair of antique beaver chairs. And when they met her on set, they asked why the chairs. And she thought the beaver was an ironic currency to be in a Jay and Silent Bob movie. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, you'd think yeah. she'd do it for scale, but she's like, she'll I'll do it for some antique chairs. Some antique beaver chairs. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so it's just it's another one of those stories of like, man, Carrie Fisher was so cool. Yeah. Did you see her, uh, her, like, I don't think it was stand up, but it was like, it like a one woman show thing. It was on uh, HBO or something like that. Did you see that? I haven't seen it, but I've seen a screenshot with like the, the quote on it about, uh, her being just, you know, she's, she's got all these, uh, mental illnesses. And on top of that, she doesn't care. Yeah. So I wish I could remember what the hell it was called. It was good, man. I watched it. I think she had, she had filmed it shortly before um she had passed away uh but it wasn't released until she was gone already yeah i can't find it i don't know it was good it was well, uh, she you, was funny too though that's that was the the point i was going to get to if you do find it you can post it over on our social media we're on facebook and twitter and instagram at nerd radio 101 share with the class albeck <laughs> i'll try to remember All right, well, we're going to take a short break, and then we got some wrestling news to get to to close out this week's Nerd Radio. So we'll be right back. And uh, in the meantime, we're going to try and hunt down that Carrie Fisher thing, because now I want to hear it. Yeah. To my left, the monarch of masks. 
the genetic jackpot, Joe Coleman. And over to my right, the hummus bread heartthrob, the quad of war, Idris Abraham. And together, we are known as Hello Beefcake, and you're listening to Nerd Radio. Welcome back to more Nerd Radio on the podcast page, WRIF.com, and all over your social media, Nerd Radio 101, and on the uh, on the internet as a podcast, part of the B-Pod Studios Network, wherever you get in your podcast. Encourage you guys, as always, to, uh, when you download, rate, review us, subscribe, pump those numbers. We don't want rookie numbers. You guys don't have anything to add to that, huh? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> no. Sorry. All right. I was trying to give another funny line from the movie, but I couldn't remember what movie that's from. Uh, you know, you got to pump those numbers up. But yeah, it's uh, Wolf of Wall Street, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. So it's very easy to forget most the- Wolf of Wall Street once Margot Robbie shows up. Yeah, I mean, I didn't forget that one scene. You know what I'm talking about. But uh, any other stuff? The other, only other thing I think I remember from that is like uh, Matthew McConaughey with the uh, you know, starts pumping his chest or whatever. Right. Uh, other than that, I, I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. I'm never going to be a wolf on Wall Street. No, definitely not. And and quite honestly, I didn't know what movie it was when I saw a screenshot of the Margot Robbie thing. But I was like, I need to see that movie. I want to know what that's all about. So yeah, that's what they should have put on the, the billboard poster for the movie. They probably would have that scene. Yeah, people have been going to see it two and three times. Doesn't matter how long it is. And then the uh, the movie theater staff will be walking through the aisles with mop, b- b- mops and buckets instead of. Brooms and dustpans to clean up the snacks. Right, for sure. So this I'm trying to find that uh, Carrie Fisher thing, and I cannot find it. It was freaking me out, like I imagined it. (laughs) (laughs) You having a parents? It was a dream. It was a dream, Al. It was all just a dream. My God. Well, we do all. I, I, I can I, I can speak for myself, but seeing as you guys both have to wake up at like three and four in the morning, I'm sure you both live in kind of this perpetual half awake state. So sometimes things happen. You're like. Was that a dream? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did I actually have that interaction? For me, it's always, did I turn my alarm off? Because I don't remember it going off. And Amy's like, oh, yeah, you woke up, turned it off, and rolled over. And it just went right back to sleep. That's the worst that happens. I'm uh, I'm bad at that. Yeah. Well, this weekend was uh, WWE's Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I think we talked about it a little bit last week, how the, they were doing it. Uh, in, in the, the he- headquarters? Is that, that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm the, curious then- to see here how that went. <laughs> The men's and women's Money in the Bank both uh, took place at the same time, and it was filmed in in the headquarters. So much like at WrestleMania last month, how they kind of had cinematic mm. directed matches, this was kind of the same thing. Really, it lended itself to the Attitude Era kind of hardcore matches where they would start in the ring and then move backstage, and that stuff was all pre-recorded. You kind of like, uh, well, I don't know, maybe The Rock and Mankind for the uh, Super Bowl halftime or whatever that one year. Maybe that actually happened, but that's what uh, it kind of gave me that kind of feel to it. Just not as entertaining. I was going to say, what did you think of it, James? Because I know you were watching. I, just, I think the paper, the pay per view overall was just okay. I think I was kind of disappointed because I thought it was going to be like an act, like not so much an actual match, but I thought they're going to have crews in place to have the action happen live. You know, I didn't think it was all going to be pre-taped, pre-recorded, edited up like a like a wrestling themed movie. And uh, you know, just, I don't know. The ending was wacky. I'm not stoked on the people that got the money in the bank. You know, they make you think a couple people got thrown off the roof. Like, come on now. Right. That was uh, one of the I, I kind of really enjoyed it because it was it played so hard into some of the comedy of wrestling, some of the goofiness of it. 
So mm-hmm. like for the first five to 10 minutes of it, like I was smiling the whole time because it was so silly. Yeah. But depending on where they were in the building, there would be certain um, cameos. Like at one point, AJ Styles was in the bathroom and Brother Love came out of the stall. That was just somebody dressed up like him, right? Because... No, that's actually Brother Love. That's Bruce Pritchard. Oh. He, he was Brother Love back in the day, and he works there again. So I didn't know he was working for the company again. I thought that was uh, somebody pretending to be him. I thought they had bad blood. I didn't realize that was actually him. Huh. The uh, the original Brother Love, though the guy who was Doink the Clown was absolutely not the original Doink the Clown, because that's a character that they can just do the face paint on, no matter yeah. what. But didn't the original Doink the Clown pass away? I think you're right. Yeah, uh-huh. I think the original Doink the Clown does, is not with us any longer. Uh, there was a fantastic food fight sequence that Paul Heyman was a part of that was, uh, you know, in the cafeteria. It's hilarious to I was really looking forward to seeing the guys and the girls interact some. And I don't think I was disappointed. There was at one point Shayna Baszler was choking out Rey Mysterio. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really fun. And then, yeah, once they got to the roof, they had a ring set up with the ladders and the the briefcases and whatnot. And uh, AJ, well, no, it was Baron Corbin threw both Rey Mysterio and uh, Alistair Black off the side of the roof. That Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was just going to ask, because that was your speculation going into this thing. Yeah, no, he, he threw he threw two people off the side of the roof. And it was funny in the moment because everybody assumed that he just murdered two people. Yeah. In the same way that a couple of years ago, uh, Randy Orton just set fire to Bray Wyatt's house. And we're like, that is an actual crime. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is true. <laughs> I, I got to give you some. Yeah. I got to give you video some, documentation. Yeah. I also got to give you some credit, though, Chuck, because uh, if you were to go back to last week's episode and listen, I think when you talked about throwing someone off the roof, a name you threw out there was Ray Mysterio. Yeah, I was absolutely of the opinion that like if anybody that, they're going to throw somebody off the roof because you can and you can just put a crash pad behind it and you know it'll look like you just murdered a guy but you're not actually murdering a guy and of, of all the people that was in the match Ray Mysterio was the one I was like hey can you throw me I'm small and that sounds like fun yeah right a super light easy to probably throw around I feel like Alistair Black's pretty pretty kind of a lightweight too he's probably uh, easily thrown around yeah, and that was something I actually thought about during Monday Night Raw because the, both of those guys came back the next night and they explained that they fell on a secondary roof that was six feet, you know, down from where the roof was supposed to be. That was their official kayfabe explanation for why they yeah. were not dead. We didn't even know the match was still happening. Otherwise, we would have climbed back up the six right. feet and got back in there and taken the briefcase away from Otis. Right, right. But yeah. uh yeah, I feel so like they had to do that, that though, just like hey, don't try this at home kind of thing. Like Yeah, <laughs> like obviously we weren't actually thrown off of a roof. But by the way, like it was set up to look like it, but you know, like here's how it happened. So don't don't do that. Yeah, obviously you did not watch two murders take place on Sunday night. <laughs> right. But the other big news coming out of wrestling this week is uh, we found out Monday night, right at the top of Monday Night Raw, that Becky Lynch is going to have to take some time off as the man and the women's champion because she is pregnant with her first child. Way to go, Seth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you blew yeah, it. She's, she's uh, engaged to Seth Rollins, another wrestler that's currently on Monday Night Raw. And he had a match on Monday where he lost to Drew McIntyre. And it was funny the way they framed it on Monday Night Raw because his match was actually the tag match against Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black. And he came to the ring and his hair was all frazzled out and he was just staring into space. And you can either take it as he took the loss on Sunday very badly 
or he just found out like the rest of us that his girlfriend is pregnant and is not taking it well. It'd be wild if that was how we found out. With the WWE, I feel like you never know, but I feel like this probably couldn't come at a worse time for Becky Lynch. Uh, I'm assuming it wasn't planned, so uh, keep that in mind. I'm, I'm happy that they're expecting. I hope everything's going well, but I feel like the timing of it all is horrible because she's at the peak. She's peaking at her career, and now she's got to take time off, step away from TV, and get away from that spotlight to, you know, to have a baby and then start to raise a kid. And it is funny that about a year ago when Ronda Rousey had her last match at WrestleMania, one of the things she said, one of the reasons she was leaving was because she wanted to start a family. And as far as I know, there's not been any pregnancy announcement from Ronda Rousey in the last year. So this is just one more thing Becky Lynch has beat her at. (laughs) (laughs) But also, um, didn't. Becky Lynch talked trash about Ronda Rousey leaving to start a family. I think you may, in fact, be right. I think think there was definitely a promo where she was like, yeah, you're not leaving to start a family. You're leaving because you're scared of me. Yeah, which I don't know. The whole the whole timing and everything is just crazy. Like, I feel like there might have been a meme or something that I saw online, but I I feel like that pregnancy is going to cost the WWE more money than anything AEW could ever come up with. Well, that's been a thing, too, is that she was just on the Showtime show, uh, the season premiere of Billions. Mm-hmm. And there's there's been speculation that she's going to be in a Marvel movie. So, like, her acting career could be taking off at the same time here. Huh. Well, yeah, I think she'll definitely be the next big superstar to come out of WWE. So, yeah, if you're uh, if you're a big fan of seeing the Becky Lynch, as you guys can see on the camera here, I'm wearing my Becky Lynch shirt today where it says the man. Oh, yeah, you are. We have Meltdown, to get you updated on one of them that says the mom. Right. Meltdown. Actually, I saw him yesterday and he was like, yeah, so I saw that uh, that that girl is pregnant. What she calls herself the man. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's the first actual documentation of a man becoming pregnant. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> Come on. The first time it was junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger True, and Danny yeah. DeVito. That biopic. <laughs> Everybody saw that biopic. How could you forget? You know, never forget, Chuck. I didn't realize that that was uh, that was a documentary instead of just yeah. an entertainment movie. That was a biopic based on a true story. That's what I tell myself, at least. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that's going to do it for this week's Nerd Radio, guys. That's all I got for you this week. So I uh, encourage you guys at home to uh, check us out wherever you get in your podcast, rate and review us, and make sure you're following us on social media because Al Beck is working slavishly to make sure we've got content every day. I spent about three minutes making sure those links are up there. But a lot of the stuff that Chuck covered today uh, does get shared uh, on the social media. So you can uh, it's a good place to go kind of keep in contact with us. You can reach out to us, direct message us, comment, all that good stuff, and uh, check out some of the stories that we talk about. Nerd Radio 101 on Facebook and Twitter, also Instagram, too. I'm in a difficult situation here. I mean, after all, you're nerds. I have spoken. That's right. And you can, uh, of course, follow James. He's got a Twitch stream where he is very busy. In fact, I saw this morning you've got special guests uh, coming up on today's Twitch stream. I don't know if James can hear me or if he's timed out. He might be frozen. (laughs) I love that he froze on this picture of him just kind of staring uh, at the screen. He's just kind of like, Yeah. Oh man, I wanted to tell you guys about this. It's too bad that he's gone now. I had to buy. <laughs> the funny thing is, we can see him—the frozen photo of him. We it's like he's. Game, it's like he's, he's with us. He's texting yeah, us he, now that he lost. Yeah, both he texts us that he lost both of us, and I'm like, I can't hold my push to talk button and text him back. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm writing him back that. that his image is frozen, but we're wrapping up right now. 
So is there something on my end? What the hell is this crap? I don't know. You just froze up. You froze and you were in a you were in a pose where you were very pondering like this. Just sort of staring into the camera. Oh, uh, G- uh, Chuck was going to ask you about your guests, uh, your your Wawabunga guests that by the time this po- this podcast yeah, post will be in the past. Oh, OK. Well, yeah, I'll have uh, two of the guys from Alazul Ilu, otherwise known as AXE um, from the Magic Ninja Entertainment record label, horrorcore rap artists, um, Lee Carver and Billy Obey are going to squad up with me and Jason the Jew from Dave and Chuck uh, in the war zone. So obviously, if you're listening to this now, you can find the VOD, the VOD, on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash who the F is JC. It'll also be uploaded to my YouTube channel as well. So I've been playing the WWE 2K19 game mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks. And there's a feature in there that I think they've put in the last couple of games, but I never bothered to use where you can take a picture of your face and then mm-hmm. upload it to a website and then put it on your character. Huh. And while it sounds great in theory... Uh, unless you've got Photoshop, some serious Photoshop skills, it just looks like your character ripped your face off. And <laughs> it. <laughs> it is a thing of nightmares. Oh, my That's God. Funny. It's the t- like, silence of the lambs. I saw you played some Streets of Rage 4 on your uh, Twitch the other day, and that was fun to watch. Yeah, dude, that was that game. That game has got me feeling weird. There's some very erotic female enemies that you have to be. <laughs> I was going to say, are we, are we talking alien donger weird, or are we talking, like, nostalgia weird? Uh, we're talking, I'm getting a boner at an inappropriate time in the middle of a video game weird. James is getting boners over cartoon video game characters. Dude, there's, like, an army of Twitch thoughts that attack you. And then there's, like, a boss of a level who's, like, an S&M dominatrix captain with a, in a sex dungeon that you have to beat up. And I'm like, Wow. Well, those dominatrixes were in the original Streets of Rage. I remember beating them up. I guess I don't recall. I don't know. Well, I guess the graphics are, have been updated, so now you can see very voluptuous curves. They got a nice set of rack, a nice rack on them, and a, a nice fat ass too. You know, it's <laughs> feel weird. I'm like, this is highly inappropriate. We, we need to get James out of quarantine. <laughs> Something. Like, to get my goodness. Warfare. And I was like, my goodness, this is, if I had a kid playing this, I'd be very upset. 